Hello, friends. Welcome to the Impossible Things Podcast, where the greatest minds in the universe answer the world's toughest questions. Until they arrive, we will be talking about the same questions. I'm Kyle, and with me today again are Jimmy. Hello. And Jesse. Why am I always last? With me today are <laughs> Jesse. Hello. And Jimmy. Nope. I want to be second. <laughs> you were second. Nope. Aye, aye, aye. So, this week we're talking about flying cars. The previous two weeks, we were talking about uh, Elon Musk's Hyperloop, mm-hmm. or as I've dubbed it, The Loop. <laughs> and previous to that, we were talking about light speed for humans, and Jimmy and Kyle as well. <laughs> but uh, this week, we're talking about flying cars, something a little bit more personal. People drive every day, or drive themselves, something you actively participate in. Mm-hmm. So, Jesse... Are flying cars impossible? Of course. <laughs> so no, matter of fact, no, so matter of factly from Jesse, Jesse, oh dear. So matter of fact from Jesse, and yet he's wrong. They're like just, he is every time. I guess they're not technically impossible. They're just so implausible that. Oh, this is not the Implausible Things podcast, my friend. Isn't it? Dang it. Six episodes, and I'm just figuring that out. <laughs> this explains why you keep saying no. Well, it's just plausible. Nope. Mm-mm. No way. Hmm. All well, right. So what's what's wrong? What do you mean? It's they're were they not efficient or? Ah, they just don't make sense. I mean. Anyway, well, Jesse, why don't you are. give us a brief history? Okay. Of the flying car. Well, Popular Mechanics had an article called. As opposed to those unpopular mechanics. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, aren't they mostly? But whatever. That lost more of our audience. <laughs> when they try to tell you something's wrong with your car that's not, and then they charge you lots of money to fix, yep. to not fix it. Yep. Those are unpopular mechanics. Those guys are unpopular. <laughs> Sorry, Popular Mechanics. There was an article about yeah. flying cars. It's called A Brief History of the Flying Car. No. What? Yeah. What are the odds? What are the odds? So, to begin, and it's just pictures. So if you want to see the pictures, I recommend this article. You can find it with your favorite search engine. Uh, Google. I'll, I'll just highlight some of my favorites. One of the best, well, the first one. 1904, there's a picture here that which everyone will enjoy. Unless you're... You will enjoy this. 1904, Jules Verne's Master of the World features the Terror, a boat car and aircraft that darts through space with a speed superior to that of the largest birds. It, it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really cool. It's got like the steel body and then it kind of has like papery looking wings. Maybe, maybe they're organic. They might be a, a membrane of some sort. I mean, it looks like they could fold in. And in the picture of it has it like splashing out of the water. Mm. It's awesome. Sweet. It's awesome. In 1917, we moved to something a little more realistic, although not really. We start seeing something that, that looks like a car or with wings. It's a, it's a biplane-looking thing. It's got a little driving capsule with 1917-type wheels on it. In 1921, they claim this is a flying car, and clearly it's just a, an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> with wheels. With wheels, which most do. Right? The problem with just airplanes driving on the road is the wings are so long. Yeah. 
So, I mean, if you could fold those wings <laughs> up. So that's the idea. I think that picture must have... They must have been saying that the wings would fold, but the, it didn't really look like that. Funny enough, stupid. there's uh, there's something called a transition flying car, which is on sale now. I, I talked about... Uh, <laughs> is, it is it 1999? Is it 1999? Is it 1995? I mean, what's the price? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, should I call today? <laughs> you should call today. You could buy it in pieces. With uh, six easy payments. <laughs> uh, of $19,995. Um, the... That, I mean, I, I'd seen this on the news, like, I, I thought not too long ago. The article I'm actually reading right now is uh, from August 1st of this year. It's August 1st? August 1st. That's like less than a month away. It, I'll it, go. Yes, it was. It was on the NBC News Travel Channel. Cool. It's asking mostly about the the concept of, like, uh, you know, is, uh, is the world ready for a flying car? However, uh, they, they referenced this transition flying car um, that was uh, that is in Wisconsin. It uh, it took off this week. Actually, it says which would have been, <laughs> which would have been uh, August first. It took off. Oh no, that's what it says. It like actually took off. It took off. Aye, aye, aye. Well, anyway, maybe the idea will take off. <laughs> um, so th- there's a company called Terrafusia Incorporated, headed up by Carl Di- Dietrich. Dietrich, that sounds right. He uh, he wanted to do an experimental flight with this. With this uh, wonderful piece of machinery that he's designed, um, let's see here. I believe this is the one that they're like marketing to sell. But basically, what happens is is that you drive this car down the street. It's got folded up wings. I think it's about as wide as a regular car, um, but the interior is about as as vast as a Cessna. It looks like at least. Mm. Um, it's only the cost is only two hundred eighty thousand dollars, which is probably far cheaper than a uh, an actual plane mm-hmm. and you only have to have a sport pilot license two hundred eighty thousand dollars would be cheaper than an airplane than a Cessna I would think so is that not true I don't know I don't know I wouldn't I, pay that I wouldn't pay that That's either as much as a house man well do you have you gone around in life thinking you were to own a plane at some point this is a plane <laughs> and a car for goodness sake <laughs> why would I buy a plane car that's more expensive than a plane it's because two for the price of one what's wrong with you 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 go and buy good, your car. It's not a good plan, and I mean, it's not a good car. It's that's precisely <laughs> the point. It's that that whole thing about perfecting one technology, or uh, being mediocre at both, I suppose. Anyway, it uh, he's got already got a hundred orders for him. Uh, you know, using a ten thousand dollar deposit, so you could uh, potentially buy this thing today. So Jesse, I ask again: Is the flying car impossible? It just doesn't make sense. Gravity doesn't make sense either, but that that's possible. It makes sense. What goes up must come down. Speaking of flying cars. Spinning wheels. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway. Would it be a... Terrafusia. That's, that's what I suggest looking up if you're looking for a, a, an actual flying car that exists now. Mm-hmm. That's nice. What are we defining as like, you know, impossible things in the future? What do we just got... What do we... Uh, defining a flying car as are we saying that they are still going to have wings and propellers on them are we saying more like uh what was that jet car the fifth element that that movie is that oh yeah he's he's like a taxi cab that's like flying through but everybody's flying i think that's what's impossible to me yeah a physical car the way we have them now flying the system of flying cars everybody having a flying car you mean like having like highways yeah highways fly through you think how (laughs) <laughs> Think about how skyways, how complicated air traffic control is, 
when every flight is documented and uh, the flight every flight plan is documented and that the number of flight plans is nowhere near what we would have if every person had a flying car or if as computer, many people what if a computer managed all that that's fine what if a computer was flying all the cars that's my point. So computers flying the cars, the computers managing the flight plans of the cars. It knows it knows what not to hit. That's kind of scary because it is, it is kind of scary. scary. It's almost like boarding a a, a theme park ride. Think how that easily doesn't have that any could tracks. Be. Think mm. how easily that could be terrorized, and then you have nowhere to. I mean, you're the surface that you're going to crash it's onto is a long way away. That's yeah, almost as easy as like cutting the brakes on somebody's car or cutting. Yeah, hydraulic they, lines on a plane. I mean, it's. I don't think it's any more easy than that, other than you don't have to a, walk out to the plane to do it. It that it could be a, easily a system wide act of terror. That's in true. Like hacking the stock thousands. market, which happened this week. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I did. Is that why I don't Three. have any money now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't have any money because we're poor. Uh, yeah, poor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like being poor, too. I'm a little happy about it. <laughs> um, you might as well be. However, I, that, I know it was a bunch of denial of services attacks, and they stopped trading for a couple of hours on Thursday, I believe mm. it was. Mm. Anyway, not really important to this discussion. However, my, my favorite flying car that I see in this article. Yes. The 1947, the Henry Dreyfus Convair car. It's just. I want to see this. I want to see you, these you cars see now, it, man. man. It's a 1940s just sedan. Maybe it's a coupe. It only has two doors. Just a, just a car, and it has just a plane on top of it. Oh, I, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. It's actually it's in this article, this NBC article. It's it looks awesome. A lot like that one. Yes. <laughs> that's the one. Holy cow. It's quite impressive. It's a bad The Convair car, it's Model just... 118. That's the thing uh, that I'm hilarious. noticing about these cars that I go through. Oh, there's another one. 1973. Somebody tried the same thing again. Henry Smolensky mates a Ford Pinto with a yes. Skymaster. Oh, that man wins the award for best use of a Pinto. Heck. But here's the common thread. And dies in a test flight crash along with yeah, pilot, pilot Harold Blake. And that's the that's been all of these so far. Every single one except for the uh, in completely fictional Jules Verne in which no right. one ever died because it was... Completely fictional? Yes. Uh, all the ones that are real, people well, have died driving them. Interesting enough. So here, flying here, them. I'm, I'm on a different site. I'm on How Stuff Works now. Uh, it's talking about how flying cars will work. Funny enough, the guy who wrote this article, same guy who wrote the article I've referenced in another episode about light speed... Kevin Bonsor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy. How Stuff Works is run by one person. That's not true. <laughs> um, so he has in his article about modern flying cars, it's a less of a car framework. It looks more like a flying saucer, but it's got wheels and it drives. Um, he was able to get that, in 1989, was able to get that to a height of 50 feet. It looks like it's a saucer with fans in the middle, and that's how it does. That's how it gets up to any sort of a level of anything. How many freeway lanes does it take up? Um, I it looks like it probably is just one lane. Really interesting. Yeah. Um, then there's this other guy. It's the Skycar 400. This is a lot more car looking, but also a lot more jet looking. <laughs> uh, and 
it looks like it can actually fly because it has a it has a, a aircraft number on it. So, are you looking? I wonder if you're looking at the one I'm looking at now. M the Moeller, red one, Moeller Skycar M500, yeah. M400, M400X. That's the one. That thing is cool. Once it begins mass produced, that price could come down to as low as sixty thousand dollars. He thinks this thing is sixty thousand dollars. It's about the size of a medium sized car. Mm. Gets twenty miles to the gallon. One person can drive it. Yes, it's a it's a single single man vehicle. Oh wait, no, scratch that. The four seat sky car is what? powered by eight rotary engines that are housed inside of four metal housings. On the side of the vehicle, there are two engines. Um, this looks much more like an airplane than a car, though. It does. Uh, looks don't matter much, but I don't think I don't think looks looks can really play into the play into it if it's if it actually does become a thing. I think. Trying to make a traditional car fly is, a, is not going to be possible. No. I, I would is the agree. term is the term flying car though? Is that just imply that everyone in the future has their own? I mean, essentially, it's not a car; it's not on the ground, right? So it would be just everyone has their own plane and they all I fly. Suppose so why would you drive on a road if you had something that flew like right. like Harrier jet style, where it just goes straight up in the air and takes mm -hmm. off like Jetsons, like the Jetsons? Right. So I imagine that's what that's what we're that's what the, and nobody on sense. the Jetsons crashed. Why are you so opposed to this? I think they crash all the time. Nuh-uh. Nobody on the Jetsons poops. Yes, they do. No. <laughs> okay, you're right. <laughs> Yet they have bathrooms. Very strange. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I think uh, the, I think it, in my head, if you want to go like the sci-fi way, you really got to get away from this. Like, all these flying cars that we see are rather cars that fold wings out and then they fly around or they're like... Well, it's like those Super. duck vehicles, you know. Right. It's like, is it a boat or is it a car? It, there's no practicality in that, really. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, a bad boat and it's a bad car. It's a bad boat and it's a bad car. or And it's like the, the, the uses are so limited. Mm -hmm. Like there's just not a lot of use for a vehicle that does that. I think it's the same for flying, like our, you know, conversion vehicles, I mm -hmm. guess. The cool thing about having airplane cars is we could get rid of roads. Yeah, that's and that's the thing is I think like if you wanted to like right now you know you you go over a bridge and it's multi-stacked of roads. There's a direction going one way, another direction, and a contingency direction or bi-direction or whatever. You have the or if you go to you know downtown Los Angeles where all the freeways converge and connect, you've got these stacks of of roads interchanging. Yeah, and it's like okay, well we could do away with that, and it's ugly and it's gross and they're you know prone to you would just maintenance take, problems like if if we just use the medium of the sky then you would just take that you would just take that same design i mean like the way it looks like in my head is that when you're flying a car and you're behind another car you're just going to make a road it's going to be a line of cars in the yeah, sky yeah it's, right? it's going to be a virtual road essentially. Right. So, essentially so the thing that's so attractive about this which is skipping traffic is going to be created again yeah or everyone's going to have to file a flight plan with Whatever computer system. Yeah, it's just that seems impractical. It. it becomes impractical. So I. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, it does seem like it would be very impractical. Well, having to fly out, file a flight pan, plan, flight pan, a flight plan just to go to the store. Yeah. Seems unlikely that people will do that. I don't know. That, yeah, it's an organizational nightmare. But like, I mean. That's that's where autonomous vehicles really sound appealing. Oh, automatic. Yeah, uh, vehicles that just get to you. Like think, um, what was that Will Smith movie? I was, was, it, I was it I Robot? Like where? Oh no, not it, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm sorry, but yeah, yes, in I Robot, he's driving an Audi. You know, mm -hmm. product placement and all. 
that drives itself, but he can also drive it. Mm-hmm. All the cars are driving themselves. That's the. That's where it. I think like that's where I think the future of of personal transportation is is that the roads are a coordinated effect by computers, but you can override them. The driverless car and all. Yeah, that's, like the, the Google, the Google driverless car. They're uh-huh. they're doing it now. Like I mean, actually, I I there was a short run of a TV show on Discovery I really liked called Prototype This. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was a brilliant show. Um, kind of annoying at times, uh, but I'm sure people say the same thing about this podcast. So, uh, however, they, annoying at times, <laughs> they, <laughs> annoying all the time. At least when I'm talking, the uh, one of their things was uh, autonomous delivery of a pizza, and I thought that was really really cool what they did. But I mean, that's the kind of future I think I'm hoping to see, or at least to like see the the rising edge of that or leading edge of that rather. Uh, Stuff like that, like autonomous, like an autonomous road system, but you could drive. Like I mean, yeah. I, the one, the movie I was thinking of is the uh, Minority Report, mm. where there's multi levels. Like the cars can go, you know, vertically up, as well as driving horizontally, like they do now traditionally. And so, like I, I think that kind of a road system is very appealing because, you know, like a lot of the gridlock traffic in California, I always say is related to the fact that people are here are selfish, and so there's no Road sharing, merging, like that kind of thing is what makes life here really difficult road-wise. And so uh, I think that having a computer-controlled network of roads, I think, and vehicles on the road, I think is what will fix a lot of the traffic problems. There was a, an infographic that I saw that, that said pretty much exactly what you said. It said that I think it's something like 40% of traffic is caused by jerks. It's caused by people who cut other people off. It's selfish people. or the, yeah. those, those Like 40% of traffic. Yeah, I mean it's it. A lot of well, it has to do I, with yeah, numbers. The other, the other sixty percent are looky loos who are looking at accidents that were caused by the jerks that didn't it's, quite I, execute their plan correctly. I.e., more jerks. <laughs> so it's all. It's also, but but a lot of traffic is is you put more cars on a freeway. It's gonna there's gonna be more yeah. traffic. Well, yeah, but that's part partially because the cars can't follow each other as closely without causing a huge risk for accidents. Right. And the, if that was a coordinated event, then you could put everybody bumper to bumper and move at sixty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you have a train. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, trains, you know, like, well, yeah. and that's the thing is I've been I, that, you know, in a previous episode, we were talking about California's high speed rail system. And I said, I've just been pining for a light rail mm. system, like, because what we have now that kind of is our light rail system is actually a heavy rail system, the Metrolink, mm. um, with right. one line of light rail, the yellow line that goes out to Marina del Rey, I believe it goes to the beach. I just don't in know met- where the Metro. No, there's several lines of the really. Huh? Oh, Okay, yeah, well, go. I stand corrected. I mean, still not. Oh, there's the red line, the subway, our, there's, they have our red half-assed line. subway system. Yeah, red line, blue line. Yellow line. Yellow line. The yellow line's the one that goes down the 105. There's also a green line and a silver line. Silver line. <sighs> That's the new one, though, right? The silver line? Is it? I think it they might just be built one. They, melt, they just built one down. I don't know. I could see them constructing mm-hmm. it off the 101. That's not the point. Actually, it has quite a, quite a bit, quite a stretch of track, and they're expanding it. Yes. The red line's going to go all the way to Santa Monica. We hope. It will. Two years from now, it's already, it's designed and Yeah, everything bid. happens. Everything happens in those. It's not impossible. Oh, politically? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I, but I've been pining for a light rail system, and I've always thought that it would be convenient to eliminate the HOV lane or mm-hmm. lane one and two of, of most of California's freeways and just build a rail system on that. I mean, it works great on the 105 where the rail stations are just in the center divider of mm-hmm. the 105. I think that like, makes I think a lot of sense, yeah. I think it's great. It's a great solution. It doesn't take mm-hmm. up any more existing real estate of ugly than it already does, and it's way more practical. 
It is. Um, in my opinion, those are completely my opinions. But I, the problem I, with the freeway, the freeway rail though, is that you you have a walk from the station, and I think that there's some. Yeah, but there are bridges that there are bridges bridges for streets that cross there already. Why not just put but stairs super, that go up to that? I mean, anything that you want to walk to, you're basically you're almost have you're forced to get on a bus once you get off the train, because there's not a lot of things that you'd want to go to right off the freeway. This, right off the freeway. I mean, within walking distance. I, I think that I think that there's enough that makes it practical, though. Without, mm-hmm. I mean, you put a bus stop at the top of the bridge, and you have the option then. But if it, what you want to go to is right off that exit of the freeway, then it's. I mean, why not? But how often is it? Depends on the freeway. Like, I mean, one of the places I go to work at is right off the five freeway. So Lucky I mean, you. if there was, a, well, actually, both of the places that I work at are right off the five freeway, and it would be completely a close enough walk that it would be practical. Unless you're telling me you take the bus from from the uh, the ball exit, or is it the harbor exit? The harbor exit on the five freeway to uh, our work entry point. <laughs> I would not do that. You wouldn't take a bus from there to way, there? It's way too short. It's way too short. Not, so you would walk, right? Yeah, but not everyone works that close to the freeway. No, or but, lives uh, that cl- no, but I don't want to live that close to the no, freeway. No, I think getting yeah, it's from actually not home, fun. I live that close to the freeway, and it sucks. Mm, I did now for a long time. soon. Mm. By the time this airs, now? <laughs> Yeah, actually, I will. I will move from a fruit. It, it's farther away from the fruit. My current apartment, I can throw a rock and hit the sixty if I wanted to. Ah, and uh, Ooh. and this one and the sixty. It's such a pleasant freeway too. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's okay. It's, it's no better or worse than other freeways, is it? Oh, the I ten. I, like my it. opinion, it, the, the ten is the worst, worst freeway, freeway in, in the planet. That's, that's funny. I was having that discussion. Fifty-seven is much worse than the ten. Uh, no, I think fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. I've spent more time gridlocked on the ten than I've ever spent on the fifty-seven. If only gridlocked. we had flying cars, man. Ah, see, there we go. Here's a here's a question. Uh, what? So we were talking about defining a flying a flying car. What about like in Star Wars, like his his speeder that just is floating above well, that's levitating though I mean, I mean is that but that's also a car of the future correct i mean that could be you I could suppose. keep all the roads and just get rid of just wheels and you yeah. can still automate everything huh? well we wouldn't have to do road maintenance i could totally see a benefit mm-hmm. to that is that it, you know if you do have this like gravitationally levitating thing yeah. anti-gravitational you still have a traffic problem i think because yeah it doesn't anybody fix can the, drive anywhere doesn't fix the bumper to bumper thing if anything off-roading is everything. Yeah. The off-roading is driving. Mm-hmm. You're off-roading. The organization just because the freeway is the organizer. I think as a, a race, we tend to organize. And so no matter what transportation system we decide to use, we're going to end up all driving the same routes anyway. And it's yeah. Even, well, I'd say it's that whole thing about like, uh, like one of, I, I wish I could tell you what experiment what it was, but it, there was a civil experiment in the building of like a college campus, I think that they didn't build sidewalks for the first, like, five years. They just left everything as dirt, and they saw where people walked, and wherever there was a clear path, they just built a sidewalk there. That's actually pretty brilliant. It is incredibly brilliant, and it's like every time every time I was in any situation post that, me reading that article or hearing that statistic, it's like I, I use, you see it everywhere. At our own workplace, there's this great corner that's <sighs> always cut out in the grass because people always walk mm-hmm. across it. It's like, mm-hmm. why don't you just build the sidewalk there? Yeah. Instead, you have tried to do this architecturally beautiful thing, which is fine, but it's impractical. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you're absolutely right. We as humans, as a society at least, I, I'm not going to speak for the rest of the world, but as an American society, we have a pattern that we like to do things in. Mm-hmm. And then there's two or three jerks that break up that pattern by driving down the emergency lane around you because they're impatient Which is bastards. They're right? 
Is it their right? No. No. But do the CHP let them keep it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they can't stop everyone. But they're the ones but they're the ones that are causing the accidents that invariably lock traffic up more. I saw four accidents on the 60 yesterday. And I saw uh, two on the 10, and they were mostly, like, related to people just not paying attention or trying to go around. You saw them happen? I saw two happen on the 60 right mm. in front of each other. Somebody oh. was looking at the previous accident, which had just happened, and they oh. hit the car in front of them. So, you were I mean, looking at both, and you didn't get in an accident at all. No, no, no I'm far too smart for that. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I, I'm alive today, folks, with 13 years of driving under my belt and zero accidents on my record. Anyway. Point being is that uh, flying cars, like, what, what, what's the purpose of that? Like, I think we keep coming around to the same thing that we would have the similar assortment of problems mm-hmm. with flying cars that we actually more. Jesse's proposing mm-hmm. you'd have more problems. You would. I mean, the the risk of of uh, fatal injury is much higher, much increased. Well, because you've got a fall as well as a impact. It's increased by orders of magnitude. And I mean. If the sky's the limit, in a sense, you can stack multiple lanes under and above each other. So you could get rid of traffic that way. But the you problem just add is, more lanes? But instead of going left to right, you just go up. Yeah, you're still adding more lanes, yeah. Yeah, but it, you yeah, could... Yeah, you're adding lanes in a different dimension. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, but that you can reduce traffic that way, but you also can... High, you can really, if you fall from the top, you can hit the bottom and the and other And you can one take, yeah, take, take out like So what, here's people. the real question is, is how do you force people into staying within those lines instead of just driving over people's houses. I don't know. I, I can't think of a, a good way. I mean, in, in sci-fi, you always see like little buoys that <laughs> float out there and they blink and they'll tell yeah, you but, to go this way. Yeah, but the buoys are, you know, the buoys just like kind of guide you along the path. You could go over or under them because you're flying. Same as what a curb does. Do you think with well, far less impact to you, you could go over or under these buoys without uh, without true. ruining They're your tire suspension far axle? Less potential physical impact, but you can. Yeah, I can drive onto my front lawn. So can anyone else? Most people do. Most people don't drive onto my front lawn. No. So what would what's stopping them? The curb. Yeah. Not if they go through the driveway. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. So you're you're just saying that people, in their normal sense of uh, respecting environments, because you know at least Southern Californians are so prone to respecting the environment, uh, you're saying that if we put buoys floating out there in space to guide them along a path, they won't drive around them over them. I'm saying, at our workplace, we see this. We see tape on the ground. And people stay inside of the lines that are given to them. Mostly. Mostly. That's what I'm saying. Mostly. That's true. I mean, I suppose. I suppose. I, I'm. I suppose if somebody did the math, it would probably be the same amount of people who would normally drive in the emergency lane I would also so. drive up and over. Yeah, I think so. That's true. Uh, they need some form. There needs to be some form of road, though. There needs to be some form of lines. It needs to be clearly communicated. Well, yeah, there I mean, definitely needs to be barriers there. Right. Whether you could drive over them, around them, or not, I agree. I, and the floating buoy is an interesting thing. Like, have you ever driven through a freeway like they just repaved, and so they don't have all the lines up there yet, oh. and it becomes chaos for yeah. ten seconds because no one knows what to like how to evenly space on the freeway without those without oh, those yeah. lines there. I know. Yeah, if there were no lines on the freeway, you'd end with uh, you'd probably Way end up with one accidents. one solid lane, <laughs> just a one really wide lane, or maybe two. I don't think people. Without I don't the think lines. People, I think they would just drive wherever they want. I mean, they do that now with the lines. They certainly would so without. That's what I'm saying. One huge lane oh. where everyone, it's just anarchy. 
Have you ever seen a parking lot that's just dirt? People, oh, yeah. People park way farther apart than they would that's with true. lines. Much farther apart. That's very true. And cattywampus. <laughs> yeah, let's keep throwing other words in there. Cattywampus. Gobbledygook. Gobbledygook. Anarchy. Timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. An old timey-wimey tale. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very scholarly. With timey-wimey? <laughs> yes. That's how the doctor explains everything in Doctor Who. Uh, of course. <laughs> We should see uh, this and this and some timey-wimey, and then that's it. And then they travel to you, Jupiter. <laughs> Via teleportation, uh, I'd assume. And, and time travel. And a warp drive of some sort, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, who knew? You know, I was thinking about a hammock. Okay. And a hammock. This sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I support that. And not only is it a great place to fall asleep on a sunny afternoon, mm-hmm. but it is a good representation of the space-time. I, I suppose. While you added while mass will bend the fabric. <laughs> well, when there's nothing. Did you into say it. wide mass and added mass? Oh, okay. That's not what I was thinking. I thought you were saying a big, a big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that too. Maybe that's the maybe that's the trick. The time travel is getting a big. <laughs> okay, so back to the topic at hand. So the topic flying, at hand. Flying, flying cars is impractical, according to Jesse. It seems very impractical. I, I agree with Jesse, now. though. I think it seems very impractical because it's like you either want to fly or you want to drive. You don't really want to do both. So yeah. I think the traditional sense of a flying car is kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It is irrelevant. That's exactly... That's. I guess that's what I've been trying to get across this whole time is that why would you... So, I mean, that being said, then, why, like, why would you? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. what if you had a personal flying thing? Saucer? No, sure, a saucer, whatever. I mean, like, what if it wasn't a car in a traditional sense? It's just a flying thing. You can do a jetpack or or those really awesome things from Return of the Jedi that are motorcycle-like. Oh, those things are sick. What are those things the, called? The speeders, the... Yeah, the... Those, the light cycles? No. No, those are, those are no also but really if I could cool. get one of those, I'd be so happy. I can for, like, 60 grand, so please nobody send me the link to that because I've already thought about it. Pod racers? No, the no, but those, yes. I mean, oh, but those are the those, Jedi, not the new. No, one. no, no, but those two. I mean, like that, like anything like that, though. Like, uh, oh, uh, when they're on with the Ewoks, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, yeah, when they're when they're you know on on Endor, right? Yeah, speeder bikes. What? Yeah, I think they are speeder called bikes. speeder bikes. That's what they're called. Yes. So, I mean, but what about something like that? A speeder bike, or even uh, uh, uh the thing from uh, 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 uh what, what? Tatooine. Yeah, but what? Uh, Star Wars. What is the vehicle called? Anakin Skywalker races them, those things. Pod, Pod racers. Pod racers. That's what Jesse said Pod a little while ago. No, that's us. <laughs> oh. No, but like, I mean, do you feel like there there would be an appetite or a need for that, Jesse? Yeah, I think, well, you said Jesse. Or Jimmy. I mean, either <laughs> of you Jays like it. Let me I, ask it openly. Let me, let me defer to Jimmy. Well, let me defer to Kyle. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there'd be a lot, like we kind of touched on it a little bit, there'd be a lot less maintenance on the ground. Well, depending on what I was, when I was briefly, re- and this is actually something I talked to my dad about a couple of days ago, because he was like, you should talk about flying cars. I'm like, we will be soon. And he, his thing is he says that, well, if you can just uh, perfect the superconductors, you can totally do it. And I was like, okay, yeah, you move it more than that, Dad. Yeah, right, no kidding. <laughs> so, what does the superconductor have to do with it? My dad's theory of of, and apparently other other very smart people believe uh, that a superconductor, as much as I've looked up, is essentially you you're conducting so much electricity that you're actually manipulating the magnetic field around such thing. 
And so if you can if you can put a superconductor underneath something and then basically make it like you make whatever you're floating the same so think of earth like a magnet yeah if you make this and this the same magnetic field make plus and plus this will float a little bit right, right. because yeah, it'll yeah, repel yeah. magnetic yeah. levitation there you go maglev maglev so that's that's what my dad thinks will be possible in the future however I don't see why not the only problem is that the superconductors that exist which I think there's only like oh puck what happened why in here <laughs> yes get it get it puck oh, this is wonderful uh, this is more entertaining than our podcast obviously <laughs> Uh, that's what that's what the future would be. Wow, it's determined. Get that fly puck. I think that's what the future would be. I think that's what it, I think. In order to do that, you'd, so, you'd have to cool the superconductor. So it's funny. It's funny that you you decided to go maglev, mm-hmm. or your dad did rather, because mm-hmm. what? So you just Google speeder bikes in reality on Google. The mm-hmm. first thing that comes up are four images of dual fans, like really big ones, mm. and. They're essentially motorcycles. They're much wider than a motorcycle. They're probably not wider than the, those, those like spider cycles or whatever those oh, things yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. They're basically, they'll fit in one lane on the freeway. But it's a single person riding this levitating fan, you know, air levitating thing through the desert. I mean, I got to assume it exists to some degree. There's lots of YouTube videos of this kind of thing, but it's probably super impractical. Well, the problem with those, though, like is that powering that. You're, you're still taking energy into a motor and moving it to a propeller, and you have to throw that propeller at such a high speed in order right. to levitate anything. Right, especially I mean, a couple hundred pound person and plus then, the device. Right, so then it's like, okay, well, okay, well, that works, and you can get them up in the air, but then how long can you travel for? Like 10 minutes before you run out of batteries? Right. I mean, like, well, it's the same thing as, like, the personal jetpacks. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, those totally exist now. They're just not practical. No. Like, they're because you, you could fly for, what, five minutes, ten minutes at most? And how far can you get? To work, probably. Like, if you live a, a couple blocks from your workplace. But that that's another thing. It's like, I guess the FAA is already having problems with people making personal flight devices and flying around. Uh, mm. I can't. I wish I could cite that source, but I'm very sure that that's happened, so... Well, it makes sense. I mean, if I if I built the jetpack in my backyard and started flying to work, I'm pretty sure there'd be a, quite a few people that would get very upset about that. Flying over a lot of people's homes. The FAA would be involved. Mm-hmm. They would be right, the governing body. Because at the very least, they don't want you to hit the planes that they're managing. So, right. Well, you're not going to go up, what, 25,000 feet that a plane flies? Well, the FAA files flight plans for Cessnas. Those fly low. Like personal flight. Yeah. It's pretty pretty low. They're I mean, still, they're still like a couple of helicopters. Like they coordinate lots of flight. How high are you going to fly in your jetpack? I'm just going to go up high so enough that a helicopter could hit you. It's not going to hit any buildings. I know, but buildings could be ten stories, like a small. If small I'm flying in a jetpack, it's going to be just high enough off the ground to where if I fall, I can. It's I won't you can die. Live. Yeah, right. Or it'll be just high enough to where if I fall, so my parachute feet. will work still. Right. Three feet within OSHA standards. Yeah. <laughs> three feet within. Wait, wait, wait! Not if he has a lanyard and uh, he's been properly <laughs> trained. attached to what a skyhook. <laughs> yeah, man, those things are awesome. Well, that we just not have any of this discussion if there was a sky hook possible yeah, right no kidding <laughs> just hook onto this thing and let it go you grab it onto it and swing over to work right <laughs> like a monkey in the sky sky flying monkey. monkeys all right next podcast is flying monkeys the yeah. possibility of <laughs> yeah i don't think so we don't need to wizard of oz this thing so okay all that being said jesse what is your favorite flying car chitty chitty bang bang right <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I really like the one that that's like the 40s car with a plane right on top of it. It's Dreyfus. 
That's awesome. It really is a spectacular picture. I really hope you guys all go out and look for it. Or maybe we'll post it to our Facebook page because it's, it's spectacular. The flying pinto is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't love a flying pinto? It's the only people who love a, a pinto anything is a flying pinto. Jeez. If you love a pinto when it's driving. You'll really <laughs> love it in the sky. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Jimmy. Favorite I think, flying car. I think my favorite flying car is the DeLorean. Oh, yes. Uh. <laughs> stealer. You stealer I, of awesome things. Mr. <laughs> Fusion and, and all. It can be can it be both of your flying cars? Favorite flying car? I guess so. I'll share. It wasn't no. always flying. No, just in the second and third episodes. Actually, I think it only flies in the second episode. I don't think it flies at all in the third. No. Can you call them episodes? It's really parts. Episodes is more of a Star I Wars call them, thing. I call them movies, but... Uh, well, I call you something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, like, I, I think it's a pretty well-wrapped discussion. There's not really a point to having flying cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, as possible as they could be, or impossible, I don't think that's really going to be the issue. The issue is going to be a purpose for them. Is the, uh, I, I mean, like, like I said, there's there are two companies right now actively pursuing selling cars that fly to the public but they're more practical on the flying side than they are on the driving side because right. i'm sure neither of those vehicles go 60 miles an hour no, they probably don't. i'm sure they go at most 40 just to bear with city speed limits mm-hmm. um there is some practicality to like doing some maglev hover stuff though because if you're hovering you can go a lot faster before you start breaking down tires and stuff well and the other thing is that you don't have to worry about how smooth the surface is that you're driving on there, yeah. or traction like mm-hmm. that the rain wouldn't bug yeah, you no. you wouldn't there'd be no sliding around in the snow or anything it wouldn't have to look like a road it can look it can be, it can be anything. Nice it could, they could, they could be the dirt corridors that like cities reserve for future roads. Like, I mean, it could, they could just leave it like that. Mm-hmm. Put curbs to kind of just like, you know, grass with nice wildflowers. Yeah, why not? Why couldn't it look like something awesome while people aren't driving on it? But your, I mean, that, uh, your that's lane the markers could be flowers. flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, pretty. This is the prettiest road I've ever been on. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, you, you'd have to put like some barriers up for like sidewalks and stuff because people tend to gravitate towards roads like mm-hmm. where sidewalks True. are, but. I think that would be the only practicality would be that. Like, just it, it would make road maintenance go away. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have roads. You would have these. the gardeners. Well, that's the, I, I didn't say they would be jobless. I just said it would make road maintenance go away. So, mm. so they all, so all the people doing road maintenance right now are now gardeners. So, you got these big, beefy construction workers who are now uh, backhoeing gardens. Mm. It's a much, much more beautiful sight in my head than it so is if, what I just said. If, as we've postulated that the flying car is not practical what is the future of transportation then i think kyle's automatic automated freeways yeah would be more practical than anything i i really do think that i really do think that's it and i don't think it's if anything it, really i don't think it's anything really that abstract i really think it's something like okay uh-huh. you you you're you're what year is your car again 69 dude 69 wow really bug yeah. You, you drive that from your driveway the way we always have with cars. You drive that to the freeway as you get on the on-ramp, some sort of hooking system, whether it be computerized connection to a wayside trans, transceiver or there's a, a physical hook that comes out of the ground that grabs it like at the car washes, and that coordinates your vehicle with the rest of them on the freeway. And then when you get off the highway, like you know, it, it moves you over lane-wise depending on where you're going. And then when you get off the freeway, it's back to you driving again. I mean, like there are some obvious like – training issues some societal engineering mm-hmm. 
things that would have yeah. to happen. People you would have to adjust. You say the same thing about way. driving in the first place, and we all precisely. Know how to I mean, do like that. you know, it's just something. It's another thing we'd have to learn as a as a society. Mm-hmm. People didn't know how to use computers yeah. before the internet, really, and before personal yeah. computing. It would be awkward for one generation, but then the next generation would grow up. If with that, it I mean, commonplace. Like, I mean, I, th- I would say our generation is really the first generation that's had to d- adapt more than any of the other ones to new technology. Mm-hmm. And I think we do pretty good. And certainly our, ge- like our, our next generation, you know, like my son and your daughter and whoever Jimmy has kids with, mm-hmm. uh, Jim- Jimmy's potential kids, they'll probably be the kick down half a generation lower than ours. But they, you know, they'll have an even easier time adapting because technology will be advancing at such a high rate of speed at that point that I think that they'll be better equipped for that kind of change. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like my parents have a hard time like calculating any sort of technological change at all, whereas Kimberly's parents, who are a little less than a decade younger than mine, like have no problem like recognizing change and trying to adapt to it, but they have a hard time just be- because it's, you know, it's new technology. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think when we're that age, I don't think we're going to have that problem. Well, the technology that we're seeing being developed uh, on a yearly basis is just built off what we already had. It, it, so it's just it, a new... Even by concept, like a, yeah. a touch screen, like that is something that was completely unconceived mm-hmm. Other than in science fiction, right, that but, completely exists now. But our parents' generation didn't grow up with screens. They, that, they, they that can't they, even conceptualize that. They, you didn't interact with the screen. You watched right. it at most. Well, right. and that's where I think that, like, you know, this 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 adapting to a, a computer-controlled highway system will probably not be as hard as it sounds, mm-hmm. or at least as hard as I'm describing it. It would probably start with toll roads. Well, until, yeah, like that's where I would mm-hmm. think the best testing be ground. Freeway. It wouldn't be every. It would be, be like a new freeway. Or, you could take like the ninety-two, which is all automated, uh-huh. and then like or particular lanes on a freeway, like the fast freeway. track lanes that are on the ninety-one. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really where I would think start. it would start. Is that you, you know? And there there are several versions of coordinated highways. Mm-hmm. What um, about the Google car, the driverless car, and what about just a network, a computer network of those that are all talking to each other? And well, and I mean, like, it, so I I've personally worked on a couple pieces of technology that that coordinate vehicle transportation. Mm-hmm. I'm doing one right now. And it, they use G- GPS, and that's GPS is great, but as far as advanced as we've made it, at least in even our lifetime, and getting down to a meter's worth of accuracy, it's very hard to do. And especially to make to program a computer to make calculation changes based on its position or other parties' positions, it's not impossible, but it is very difficult and becomes impractical pretty quick because it, it, then, then it's the same as being on a track. You can't make last second decisions mm-hmm. you're you're just you're on a track it's just not really the track's not there the computer thinks the track is it's a there. virtual track right but you're still on it you're still in the lane on the freeway you are, so yeah you're speak. in a lane on the freeway but you wouldn't see the lane the computer would and i mean like that there's a definite breakdown in risk in that technology is uh-huh. that the google car like miscalculates a turn or it thinks it's on a different turn or, or it thinks it's further into the lane than it is and it hits the wall that's happened already or it thinks that there's a car i mean hypothetically it doesn't know of another car's existence and it just kind of bowls right over right i mean as much sensors as you can put on things like yeah you can you can uh, you can account for most things but like as we talked about with computer sentience it's really hard for the computer to recognize something it doesn't know and then make it make a change based on that Mm -hmm. it really takes like some repetitive calculation in order to in order for it to figure it out on its own and that's that's being generous so I, I mean, like so that's I, a ways away. Is what you're saying? Yeah, the, for practical use. Right. The Google cars, I think, are a really good first step. And mm-hmm. I, frankly, I think what those will be used for is what they're currently used for. Is that 
delivering they, pizzas. <laughs> right. No. no. <laughs> but they like, you know, the, the Google cars that they're using are repurposed cars that they were using to do Google Street View. That's what I think those cars will be used for more than anything is just taking pictures, mm-hmm. documenting the roads, documenting pathways, um, automated. Because if that car crashes, it's like as long as it doesn't hit somebody else, it's not really that tragic. But, uh, you know, uh, who's to say? I don't know what, exactly what the real purpose is yet, but I really do think it'll be more of a coordinated thing. Is your, your car communicates to some wayside controller mm-hmm. on the freeway, which is communicating to everybody else anyway. And so it's aware of pe- where people are. And so it can coordinate your speed, the speed of your vehicle. I mean, and you want to talk about like a terrorist opportunity. That's definitely one of them. But we trains are just as I mean, you would have just as many people on a train that would be susceptible. And what the thing is, is, right. What a train, <laughs> what a train wreck. wreck. What a car wreck. <laughs> but I mean, like you'd have just as many people susceptible. But the difference is, is that if all the cars start at- acting cattywampus, you can just take them off the system. And drive them manually. Well, no. What if no one's used to driving a car manually? Well, they would have to be because I'm only suggesting this. Years I was only suggesting this on the highways. Oh, driving so you driving from your house to the highway, you would still be in control, full control. Hmm. All right. I've seen that being a lot more practical. Yeah, I do too. It's actually I mean, plausible. There's some the fairly there's some fairly easy ways to do it. Like uh, there's magnets in the roadway have been one way. Like yeah. that they've done self steering cars. That was the original concept before GPS got to a point where it was kind uh. of practical. I'd be more comfortable with something like that. It seems more mechanical. Right. You I actually would, have a some sort of physical contact. With I would the, think it'd be more efficient if it was in a closed system inside the freeway itself. Like mm-hmm. It didn't rely on GPS. Maybe it, it used it, but it didn't. Well, and that's the thing is like, so the technology I'm working with right now uses uh, a, com- a, a combination of wayside GPS yeah, it's transceivers. Not a satellite per se. It's a, it's just something, it's something that's close, right? Well, it, so the, 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 the thing that stays put, the antenna that stays put is mm-hmm. put on a building or on the side of the side of the street, mm-hmm. let's say in this case, and it communicates with the satellites, but it never moves. So it's always in the same spot. And so the satellite, the GPS can calculate it to much more higher accuracy, like within an inch or two of deviation ever. Mm-hmm. And so that thing uses radio transmission to coordinate with other GPS devices that do move. And so much like your cell phone is it... The, the, the car having another one of these antennas is communicating with a wayside antenna, which never moves. And all three of those things in a triangle are communicating with, with the satellite, which will track those changes. And so based on your relation to the wayside antenna and the GPS, it can get you down to like inches mm. pretty accurately, whether there's clouds or whether there's gamma radiation, mm. all these other things that affect GPS pretty negatively, it helps with that. And so uh, that technology seems to be pretty stable. The, there are other parties in uh, not the private sector that use it for flying other things, and I'll just leave it at that. You mm-hmm. mean the public sector? The public sector. My problem was... I don't really want to call it the public sector because I don't really consider the government the public, but uh, they use it for uh, coordinating the other vehicles that aren't manned. Let's just My problem with that. Uh, gotcha. With you. what? With that? With... Because I don't like driving. Freeway driving is pretty much the worst. Agreed. It's uh, and we're still gonna have a version of that, and I have an aversion to that. Do you? <laughs> um, you have an aversion to the version? That probably wasn't as funny in the air as it was in my head. No, it sounded pretty good. You had an aversion <laughs> to the version. Yeah, you're but right. But I think uh, <laughs> this probably won't happen. But I just wish that everything was public transportation. That if you had to go somewhere, you got on the same vehicle as a lot of other people, and you went to a right. common destination. Because I just I hate the the isolation that you get in a car. It, 
it makes you think that everyone else on the, the road is a jerk. Mm-hmm. Even if I was driving next to you, mm-hmm. I'd be like, that guy's a jerk. Oh, it's Kyle. I've done He's that. a jerk. I've totally done that. I've done that pulling into work before, mm-hmm. having to wait after, having to wait at about 9.55 at night while people are trying to merge and get into the parking structure. Yep. Uh, yeah. I've definitely cursed the vehicle next to me only to look over and find it is somebody I'm working with. You've for the probably week. cut off your friends. I have. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's just, but I, I agree with you. I completely agree with you, and it's probably one of the few cases where I'm I'm a big fan of being in a large crowd because I I hate that, mm-hmm. but I know I typically hate that. But where where I think I appreciate it is that as a society, you find yourself more unionized with your metropolis. Unified. Unified. Unionized is kind of a politically that, yeah, charged. No, term. that's that's not what I meant. Unified. You find yourself more unified. Like New Yorkers are pretty protective of other New Yorkers. Yeah, uh-huh. Chi- I see that. You know, Chicagoans, Chicagoans, Chicago people. Those people that live in Chicago. People who uh-huh. live in Chicago are like more protective of other people from Chicago, and it's. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that their transportation system. Well, yeah. just just the fact that there's so many people piled on top of each other. But yeah, right. the subways. The like, high density. You know. Yeah, I mean, like, but I, I completely agree. But then you come to Los Angeles, the most unfriendly people in the planet. That's really funny because if someone was attacking an LA person, I would be like, "Well, he's probably a jerk." Yeah, so right. That's, like, a, well, that, that's <laughs> the thing you think about it, though, and you think about that, and you everybody's very disconnected in, in yeah, our right. society in Los Angeles, and like, I think that's very true. I've traveled to a lot of the other Orange County's even worse. Orange County's the worst because we we don't have the added bonus of being like living in these tiny little apartments and mm-hmm. spaces on top of each other. We do to some degree, but I don't know about you, but every apartment I've lived in in Orange County, I could not tell you who my neighbors were if I didn't know them previous to living there, hmm. period, because I have no reason to go talk to those people. I don't really care because that's our society here is like that. What a jerk. I know, but if I was walking to the, if I walked out my door at 8.55 every day to walk to the subway and I saw my neighbor do the same thing, I would eventually talk to them. You would know that. Uh-huh. Right? You would. Especially if I got on at the same stop and got off at the same stop. You start finding commonalities because you're forced to interact yeah. with each other. I, I love that. I think that would be a much better way just for people to live. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I psychologically broke this down. I used to work in a theater uh, that – I used to work at a theater and there was an opposing theater nearby – where one was built a little bit further into the future than the one I worked at. The one I worked at, the Yours green... was built in the past. Mine was, and built, in was the past. built in the future. Oh, uh, yes. So the one I worked at was built in the Wait, 80s. Is that A series or C series? Yeah, right. Which, no, which we're series? not talking about series and stuff. <laughs> That's B series because just one thing's further in the past and one thing's further in the future. That's B series. Well, they did exist at a series the a same time. Oh, my so God. C series. <laughs> oh, why are we reliving this? <laughs> but anyway, so this theater I worked at was built in the 80s, in the mid-80s, about the time I was born, as a matter of fact. And the, the new theater that was nearby was was built in the the turn of the century, ha, the 2000s. Uh, and, Boom. And when they built it, they built uh, the... I, I, I'm a theater technician, but when they, when they built it, they built the new theater with the theater technicians being on ground level and all the performers' green rooms and dressing rooms were in the basement level. And in my theater, the green room was right next to the tech room, and there was no principal green room and chorus green room. It was one big green room and one really tiny tech room. But because we were so close together, like, you know, everybody go out to, out to dinner and out to drinks afterwards, like the, the, the cast and the crew and the stage managers and everybody else involved in making a theatrical production, everybody's very close-knit. Same as people are in theatrical tours or ballet right. tours because right. you're forced to be on a bus or a plane with these people for months at a time or years at a time that, you know, you get close-knit. Well, this other theater, this newer one, because everybody was so separated, nobody was ever forced to interact. And so there's tons of staffing problems and just people, tons of animosity. And it's like, 
it, in my mind, I think that easily could have been fixed by just structuring the support system of the theater better mm-hmm. and forcing people to interact. And I mean, uh, Pixar Animation Studios is is structured in a way to force that kind of interaction, whereas like the animation department isn't on one side of the building where the techs are on the other side. Like half the animation department's on the left wing and the other half's on the right wing. And then there's this huge entry point in the middle where the cafeteria is and a handful of other things. And that kind of forces everybody to interact at least at some point throughout the day. I bet you day. the left-wing people still don't get along with the right-wing people. <laughs> you mean like in real life? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. No, but I mean like, yes, you could create... The, I think that's that's attempting to put the best situation to break down the animosity. And that's, I guess, all, all of those points to say is that public transportation, I feel, really unifies... Not unionizes, but unifies... <laughs> a society but you can have a union of public transportation workers we already are, do they go on strike a lot and they screw everyone <laughs> nobody gets to work anyway i think i think we've beaten this to death though in saying that flying cars are i think they're possible now because i think they're these people are selling them i think they're, po- but they're not they're, they're not highly impractical, impractical. They're possible in, in the strictest sense of the definition of yeah possible. right it's it's completely a semantics discussion that's a car that also flies mm-hmm. it's legal in both senses like the faa recognizes you need a pilot's license and a driver's license to operate that vehicle that is a flying car however there's no practicality to it and so that being said uh impossible yes i suppose so yeah so I think next week we're uh, next week we're talking about uh, downloading and operating a human brain in a computer. Oh, are we starting the brain series? I think it's the brain series. We're we're, we're kind of uh, at the suggestion of a listener. Yeah, we're kind of organizing our recording sessions into a way that it makes sense. But uh, next week we're talking about op- downloading and operating a brain inside of a computer. We'd like input on uh, brain functions. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what topics do you think we should talk about in relation to that? Yeah, give us some ideas of, of research that we can look and what are the, the broader outlines of, so we've got downloading human brain. Oh, and then uh, post that, the, 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 the following episodes are living forever and uh, uh-huh. I, would, I, I would guess I would call it the evolution of man, but in a broader sense, it's from this point forward, not from the point before to now. There you go. So, <laughs> Wait, is that B-series? I don't... And before to now. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> so that being said, thank you for joining us today. McTaggart over here. <laughs> We're going to kill McTaggart over here. Hey, I learned one thing. I'm going to use it. <laughs> but uh, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments or you want to comment on episodes we are about to record, please email us at impossiblethingspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter, impthingpodcast, I-M-P-T-H-N-G podcast on Twitter. Thank you very much. Hyperloop. The loop. loop. <laughs> <laughs>